Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. This is episode number 37. Welcome yes. aboard, people. You're with Paul Spain. you got Bradley Burrows. Yeah. I'm Johnny Clist. <laughs> Our special down. guest. I'm very special. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Nice to have you in the studio. Nice to be here. And Skip Parker there running all the technical things behind the scenes. So this week we have a few interesting topics to chat through. To start with, let's dive in and chat about the iPhone 4S, which now seems to be uh, shipping internationally and is in the hands of uh, a mega 4 million people apparently so far. Yes, but no one in New Zealand unless you Paolo import it. I know. What's happening? We still don't have any sort of formal date yet, do we? No. It was interesting because I was reading a lot about it going online and... um, uh, Australia, obviously, we know, we know what's happening in Australia. I think we're going to cover that a little bit later. But um, it, there was big que- well, the queues weren't as big as I thought they were. There were big queues outside the um, the uh, Samsung um, store, which we'll talk about in a little while. But overall, the feedback I've heard from people has been mixed. Um, within the first day, there was a lot of people reporting that they'd bricked their iPhones. Um, then they managed to come out with a fix straight away for that one. You uh, mean for the iOS 5 update? Yeah, for the iOS 5 update on the iPhone 4. It wasn't quite a bricked their device, was it? No, it they bricked just... them. Hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, people bricking them. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they re- they released an I update. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, no, there's about, there's about, you go to a lot of the blog, um, the Apple forums and they were they're sort of going through from that side. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a big week, you know, obviously with 4S, the iOS 5, I mean, we'll talk about it on the iPad because we both managed to do that. But um, Yeah, well, I mean, it seems, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, when, when Apple launched a new device and they left it a bit longer this time between the 4 and the 4S, hmm. um, you know, we expect it, it, to, it to sort of sell like hotcakes. That's kind of, you know, the norm, you know. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing I th- I thought was around just the the reliability issues they've had with this iOS update, which I guess they've had, they've had issues in the past with some of the updates in terms of, you know, particularly when everyone's trying to download it at once, they don't seem to have sort of the cloud infrastructure to be able to handle that reliably, uh, and there there were a lot of issues there, which I guess is probably why you waited a a couple of days like I did before putting it down oh, yeah. onto your iPad, um, you know, just until you could actually just plug in and and get it. Uh, but also, there you know there were there were various issues people were getting after installing <laughs> that update. How did you go on your iPad with um, iOS five? I wiped everything. What happened? It just tuned the whole damn lot. Luckily, I'd made a you know how it does that backup. Yeah, yeah. So you do when you're doing your iOS, um, it does a nice backup, which is really good. And so I went through and did my iOS update and came on and where was my where are my apps? Oh, you got hit with that issue too. Everything's oh, gone. I heard a few people getting that and one. It was, just, it was just hosed. I've got 62 gig free. Hold on, where's the other 40 gig of data? <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it, it nuked everything. So I'm manually having to go and restore because the backups it does a complete re-image. So, yeah, I got a little bit nailed there. But, yeah, it, I'm yeah, I'm struggling with it <laughs> to, to really justify the use of my iPad still. Um, I've tried for the week. I've tried to use it as a, as, a, as a tablet and to go out there and, you know, do things with it and... You know, the Wi-Fi sync, other than that, I really don't see anything that I'm going, you know, Android's got some really cool features going out there at the moment. I know, Johnny, you're a big Android fan. Absolutely. I mean, this is the thing that's quite interesting with what I'm seeing about the new iOS 5 is that they've pulled a 
pile of things in from sort of Samsung Android in the sense of yep. the drop-down notifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. that's the big thing. Everything I'm hearing from people is they love that. They absolutely love that. But it's been around it's in Windows Phone and Android Exactly. For ages. Windows Phone. I mean, look, that, that sort of stuff was right back in the early days of Windows f- Mobile 5. Yeah, I know. know. Those sort of things. There. I mean, developers like SPB have been doing those sort of bits and pieces for ages. So it's nothing new. But once again, it's taken ages. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with Windows taking ideas from Apple sort of eight or nine years ago with the sort of crossovers with with the way they did Eero and various other things. It's kind of like, for some reason, there are certain things that just take ages for the other guy to go, actually, that is a good idea. Maybe I should try they, that. They all, no matter, no matter which group you hang into, they, they copy each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Apple copied forth. Xerox to get going. Yep. Then Microsoft copied Apple. Then Android have copied the iPhone to get themselves going. To get That's what they did. Uh, and, and it's just everyone's just looking at that innovation saying, you know what, I can implement that better than you. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's not an exact, exact copy. But if you do something and say, look, you know, Mr. Paul Spain, I really like how you've painted that wall red. But you know what, if I put a window there and do a few other funky things, I can make it better and I can do it really, really well. No, you can't. Not always best. Yeah. But I, I, I like that. I like that where you can actually show some innovation on something. And I think we're, we're seeing that now, whereas... <laughs> You know, people are grabbing bits and pieces from everything and plugging it together, and that's what we're seeing now is this output. And I think everyone always expects Apple to have this next great thing. And you know what? They're just not in that space right at the moment. Mm. They really aren't. I I agree with that. I think that's one of the reasons why they've gone 4S instead of 4, or 5, I mean, instead of going straight to the next next thing, is that they know that their next big stage has to be a huge jump physically. I mean, it has to be just about like in the the, the robot boxing movie, robot boxing, (laughs) got to love that, um, where the phone looks like a piece of glass. You know, it's going to have to be that sort of jump because everybody else with Android and with all the other tech out there is moving at such a rate. There's all parity. It's parity across the board now. It really is. The, The problem is that the innovation can only... You know, can only uh, you know jump a generation every now and then, exactly. right? And when we saw the iPhone, that you know, when that came out, it was like you know we've moved to this device that is really sort of uh, suitable for uh, you know touch without using any sort of stylus or anything else. Oh, it was amazing! It was amazing. And and then we've obviously seen some just good incremental steps every year, but you know, there's got to be a curve. You mm. can't you can't keep going upwards at an ex- exponential rate in terms of you know that sort of innovation. Uh, yeah, I guess we're seeing a similar thing with the user interface and the experience for for Windows 8 where that's a complete change completely different to what we've seen on you know on PCs for you know 15 years or so but you know once that comes out again we're not going to see those same uh, levels of change are we no for, and I think we're know. going to see the same thing with Google ice yep. cream sandwich apparently is going to be that sort of a quite a, a jump forward this to the, what I'm reading about at the moment so yeah I, I agree with you I think we are going to start to have this almost a cycle where we bunny hop a couple of years and do it so but look I, I was reading online around the 4s and there were people reporting heating and battery issues mm. about if their iPhone 4s was running for like a day that it would get really really hot and that the battery would then sort of just um sort of just almost they could see the meter going down did you guys read anything about that it was on yeah. Sydney Morning Herald for a while too did you guys Paul you're looking very blank Johnny no, did you read no, it I, I, did, I do one. remember seeing, seeing mm. something about that the battery issues I mean yeah. this, and this is going to be always there's always that joke of the guy who has the watch that has all these amazing features and he's walking along with two suitcases and they go oh I'll, and some guy offers to buy the 
of him. And he says, all right, well, here's the suitcases, and what's that? That's the batteries to run it with. You know, and, and no matter what the technology you have comes along, the more you put into it, the more gruntier it is. Power sources at the moment are the things that are kind of still holding us back. Yeah. And the overheating of them, and it's like the MacBook Air. It's it's a beautiful device. It's nice and small and all that, and the battery in it is so small and, and light. But there's going to come a time we're not quite ready yet to be able to keep that cool and keep it really operating at full capacity for long periods of time. And I think that's what's happened in the 4S is that they haven't quite landed that cooling system and, yep. the, and those other components. Hey, I'm um, Paul on the iOS five, so. I experienced some really bad app crashing, Facebook, uh, the Facebook app, but I've also had a lot of other apps crashing on me. Have you had that experience as well going on? Okay, so what I found was I installed the new Facebook uh, app actually before I put iOS 5 on. Okay. Um, or was it afterwards? Sheesh, I can't remember. But what I, what I, what I found with, with the Facebook app, though, was it kept losing its authentication. So you try using the app for five minutes, and it drops you back to sort of like, you know, its start screen and wants you to put your username and password in. And it kept doing that. It was really flaky. Yeah. Um, now, and then the issue I had with iOS 5 was after I'd installed it, I went to use my apps. Nothing worked. All the icons were there. And so you'd go and you'd go, oh, let's let's go into Twitter. And you would click on it. Nothing would happen. you go into the next one. So I powered it off and powered it back on again and tried again. No, it didn't work. Uh, so in the end, what I did was I started actually uninstalling the apps and reinstalling them. Then you had to put all your settings back in and really start from scratch to try and get things to work. So Flipbook, um, Flipboard, which, which you know I quite like using, was one of those. And I basically had to go through and you know, relink it back through to Twitter accounts and, yeah, configure all the favorites. And it was the same across the other bits and pieces. Did so. you see the native integration? So iOS 5 now has the native integration, just like Android and, mm. and Windows Phone does, of Twitter now built into it. Did you see that one at all, Paul? Yeah, yeah, so I set that up. Uh, but, uh, but of course, you know, when you look at that, and, we, you know, of course, we've, we've been, you know, we've tried out the HP Touchpad and we've yep. used to Windows Phone and other things that have got all these social network hooks plugged into them it it sort of looks a little bit rude actually when they've only got one social network yeah it was sort of like ah you know and i guess we knew that but when you actually see it on the screen and and they've just you know it's a bare single social network to hook into it, it, it just sort of highlighted that you know there's something odd going on here between apple and the various you know social networks that are out there whether it's that you know apple doesn't want to pay you know the fees to have that sort of integration or you know what the issue is but it just it seemed bizarre you know particularly in a in an age now where facebook is just so heavily used and you've got other social networks like linkedin and so on google plus you know um, you, built in. you know it was it was yeah it was just sort of odd that the only one they had was twitter and certainly twitter isn't the you know isn't the biggest uh you know isn't the biggest one it's it's uh you know, it's one of the absolutely key ones as far as i'm concerned but yeah it was odd but what did you what do you think about that john yeah, I mean, I, I I don't use Apple that much, but I've seen a bit of the stuff around as far as what people are going on there. But it always sort of it weirds me out the whole Apple thing, where it's kind of like you know, it's it's our technology, it's our everything, and you mess with us, and you know, we'll cry and and get all upset. And it's kind of like if you want components <laughs> for it or you want to upgrade it, no, you've got to do it through us. We, we're not going to let any third parties really do it. And that drives me nuts. You know, all those sort oh. of elements of it. Whereas, and this is that comes back to that whole. That moving ahead, you know, all of these guys are borrowing ideas and thoughts and direction from each other. 
unfortunately for everybody else, Google is set up to do it better because they're set up to share. I mean, the whole concept of what they do with open source, with that sort of thing, is, is designed specifically to draw a whole pile of ideas from a whole pile of different places, weed out the rubbish ones, and try and you know hone the good ones and move forward. I think if Apple was able to absorb a little bit of that kind of concept without going fully that way, we might actually see things like iOS 5 comes out and Twitter actually works on it because they're in a more let's work together mode rather than... Um, Oh, it's crazy. I mean, and the same thing happens with Windows. When, when a new Windows comes out and half of your applications aren't ready for that, and so you've got to kind of, or, or the drivers, you, you know, your, your driver for your scanner or whatever, and you find it doesn't work, and you, there's that sort of six-month wait period for all your drivers and everything to catch up. So I, I have a question for you. So on the Android world, the it was a very it's been a very fragmented platform, right? And everyone's moaned Absolutely. about it, right? Yeah. And now they're getting with um, uh, what was it? Gingerbread came out recently. Mm-hmm. That was a recent one. So they've started tightening down on the hardware. And then Ice Cream Sandwich, apparently, um, Eric Smith said yeah. they're really going to lock it down. Absolutely. That's what they're going to do. The open source concept of uh, of the operating system of being they're going to lock it down to what hardware it can run on very similar to what I suppose they've done with Windows Phone where they've left it open enough for the manufacturers to still put their little bit of value in yep. but it's locked down to the hardware so I think they're starting to move that way a little bit and I think they went too far to the left mm. on the on the open source side Absolutely. and now they're coming sort of back into that middle ground with Apple's the hard right like you can't even swap the battery out without going to an mm. authorised you know and, and I think they um, Google need to come back into that middle fray because it's got too loose there's too many different devices the the experience of using an android phone i, I, can, put 20, I can put 20 on the table and none of them will work the same hmm. none of them will work the same and that that's one of the big problems but it's also the advantages of of it if you know what i mean but that's the geek factor in me that well, likes it makes it very you know it's been so open it's very easy for anyone to jump on board and release an android device oh, and, that's crazy yeah you know, some of the devices we've talked about you know throughout the year are things like uh you know android tablets that were being you know shipped yeah. out of asia for you know 150 bucks for a you know for a tablet uh you know th- that wouldn't have been possible without such openness right that's right and i've just seen i mean just just came across my desk this morning the idea that, that uh, Sony releasing their first tablet the tablet S and uh, the concept with that is in, pure, in its purest form it's uh, it's honeycomb as well so it's the 3.2 yep um, now that one there for Android it looks in all intents and purposes much the same as the Galaxy Tab the new Galaxy Tab um, as far as f- general format Oh no! It's, it's got quite a different screen. different look when you look at well, it, sort phys- of sideways phys- and so on. It's, I, I it's guess I'm talking more just general like processes and all those sort of things. Sure, it's much the same. It's not going to be any majorly faster. But where they've really stepped up is they've thought through some of the sort of things that Apple do well, and that is the physicality, the the smoothness of it. Doing a, I think it's a four or five degree angle on it, so when you put it on the desk, you're not going to get glare. Mm. That's mm. a that's a simple idea, but what a great idea! And then they've got the, um, the the black screen, LED screen that they have on their TVs. Now, they're obviously set up to be able to use some of the technology from their other devices so that you get a crisper picture. But one of the things that blew me away, and it sounds like I'm doing a Sony ad. I do have a Via, so I do like that. But um, they've now put in there an, an, an infrared um, a remote control controller in there so you can control any of your devices at home. Yep. So you can use your tablet to control your stereo, your TV, and all that sort of stuff. That's a great concept that I don't know why someone else hasn't thought about that other than trying to do it through Wi-Fi, through an app. 
Yeah, no, it does make it does make some sense, and I mean, I remember doing that over a decade ago on With Windows mobile phones, eh? and and the Palm Pilots, yep. yeah, right? Yeah, yep. So the early Palms, they had infrared, and you just fire up a little app, and you turned your, mm. you know, you turned your device into a universal remote. Now, one of the issues that I recall they had was the infrared transmitters in them weren't very uh, weren't very grunty. Yeah, yeah. So you had to uh, kind so of still be a foot to, away from them. You know, you had to be reasonably close. But uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a new concept. But it's interesting to see. Yeah, Sony bringing that back. But it, it does fit in with that. You know, that common thing, which is you sit with your iPad or your, your whatever tablet in front of the TV. And I guess that was a case over the weekend as I was watching the Rugby World Cup. I don't know about you guys, but you know, it was just just as much fun. Sort of all the interaction and things that people were saying on Twitter absolutely uh, you know doing that as as what you could sort of see going on in the game and I saw a lot of other people were in the same position where they were just you know really enjoying the um, I guess that community feel that you mm. get from using a social network like Twitter that's so instant uh, during during a game and so yeah you can see having your remote capabilities and so on built in uh, makes some sense i I got something for you guys. So one of the big rumour mills going around at the moment is that Apple are going to produce a, a TV. Not like the Apple TV, but a physical TV. They're going to take their iMac um, that they've got, sorry, yeah, the, the, the iMac, the 24-inch iMac, make it into 38 or 42-inch, have it ultra-thin with an LED. Yep, I'm getting told a 42-inch. They're going to put the um, iOS 5 or 5.2 is what they're calling it at the moment, um, interface on it, and you're going to have a full-fledged Mac TV. Now, that's what they're talking around at the moment, which would allow you to have the full social media integration and everything else. But I don't see them having that, ten, what I call the 10-foot experience, right? Mm. So being able to be 10 feet away and be able to operate, very similar to what um, Sage TV, Media Center, Myth, and all those other TVs have done. What are you guys' thoughts on, on Apple going into that space? That, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I'm, uh, and probably you, you and I, Brad, have both got Apple TV, um, mm. you know, um, set-top boxes. Uh, when you look at that, that hasn't really been a runaway sort of success for Apple. No, and so yeah, I I would I would wonder whether whether Apple can make it in that space just yet. I mean, certainly their brand has got so much. Um, you know, is so well liked. You kind of think, well, anything that Apple sticks its logo on is going to sell. It's going to cost ten thousand dollars, though. No, I'm being flippant. But look, no, Google, you, Google's mean, you look, tried. When you look, you look at the you look at the iPod mm. and the Apple TV. Those are good value devices in terms of what they in terms of mm. what they deliver. Uh, the iPhone, yeah. When you look at an iPhone that they say costs two hundred US to make, and you know we, we end up paying somewhere you know well over a thousand dollars for the for the latest models. Um, yeah, the value proposition might not be. Uh, not be, might not be quite the same, uh, but certainly their their mass consumer devices uh, tend to tend to be reasonably good bang for buck. That's that's my mm. my thoughts on I, it. But I think, yeah, I in think terms of whether, in terms of whether they can whether they, they can they actually sell days, them or not, they are these oh. days. Well, if you go back say five or six years ago, when when your entry level for a Mac computer was 
you know, five K or four K or that sort oh, of thing. Oh, sure. You still pay a premium on the yeah. on the computers, but when you when you look at say you want a little media player, you can get a little media player for ninety nine US from Apple, right? Yeah, the Apple TV's value for money. The Apple computers are not no. like as in bang for buck. You can line up um, a Samsung, a Toshiba, yeah. a HP with the same processor. Forget the aesthetics for the moment, yeah. but bang for buck, you get a better value for money from those devices. Sure, and I mean you look at it by looking at in in Apple's financial results, that <laughs> their, their the margin on their um, on their hardware, yeah. uh, you know, is. You know, thirty, forty percent. Some, you know, heads into that sort of range in a lot of cases. Uh, whereas no, nobody else, you know, in the industry has those sort of margins. But yeah, you know, bear in mind they've got software in the mix as well, right? And software margins usually high. I have to step in here. Yeah, you've been silent. okay. Okay, let's let's hear it, Skip. Let um, it let it go. It's only going to work if Netflix and Hulu and that sort of services on there. Totally. Well, that'll be on there. They couldn't release without those. Surely, they're not just going to rely on their own stuff. Well, no. Th- th- but they, that's, yeah, that's no, where that's where there. the value value add has been in the Apple TV space. You basically you you buy the Apple TV. It's a throwaway device because you're always going to buy content from Apple to play on that device. You're very rarely going to play content from anywhere else because Apple drive you through their experience through their app and everything like that you can't load Netflix onto the Apple TV as it stands right now yes you can I've got Netflix on my Apple TV Apple TV 2 you can Apple TV 1 you can't right absolutely so and now what they have done is they've instead it doesn't sit in such a prominent position as the Apple stuff so for movies you know music so on you've got to go under an internet menu to find Netflix but once once you uh, you know once you know that it's there um, and if you're using uh, Netflix then that's probably the main place you'll you'll end up going I mean you're going to go to a place where you're going to get cheap replay of television and movies the iTunes store is not a cheap place to get television and movies so, so that's what's going to drive it. So at the moment, Apple are working with all the movie um, suppliers, vendors, whatever you want to call them, like the studios, thank you. Uh, and and basically um, they're trying to get those partnerships put in place so that you, the one-stop shop you buy everything is iTunes. That will not buy, you rent, you download, whatever it is. So I could, I mean... I could see them going two ways. I could see if they build a TV, I think it'd be really interesting because I think it would just look beautiful. Mm. And television's one of those things that I don't mind investing a little bit of cash into. Second thing, though, is though, is they could lock us completely out of Hulu, Netflix, and everything if they do their own partnerships because mm. that's how they're going to make their money is through the content and it'll be iTunes only, and that would be a killer for me. No, I don't think they would do that. No, I would... I would yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Apple. They like to do this stuff. And the only thing that, that concerns me about the TV... It's, it's going to be gesture control and some strange sort of lion interface type thing where you're going to have to use about four or five fingers just to spread on the screen to turn the volume up or some bizarre gesture where you swipe backwards, move your arm left and kick your foot right and you because you know that's where they're going with some of their interface. So it's kind of like... I'm, I'm really No, it's going to be Siri. This. It's going to be Siri. You're going to sit there and change channel. So it'll only work in the States then. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, my big concern is that it's, it's kind of a good idea, but there's just so much stuff that I think we Apple's taking on in terms of baggage going into this project that does, A... Do we fo- even know this is a real project? Yes, well, it is, apparently. It is, it is a project, yeah. and it, because there's a lot of people who are in the know who have been talking about you it. Know, and you want to know things. who's making the parts for it? I found this out today. Samsung? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samsung are actually making all the electronics for it at the moment. Different division of these yeah. than the tablet, tablet division. division. 
All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how how this plays out. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. Any space that Apple wants to enter, I'm all for it because you know they will they will bring with them some new ideas. That's that tends to be how they operate. If they come into a space, they're not just going to be a, a me too doing the same as anyone else. So I think you're I'm right. all for the innovation. It's interesting to see that at the moment there are a bunch of TVs out there already. There's Sony and Toshiba who have already got Facebook. Yeah. Um, and YouTube and a few of those sort well, of Google TV. I mean, exactly, Google TV. The concept is, is sort of started. It hasn't taken off. But I want to ask you guys a question, and this leads quite well into the conversation about gaming. And, and, yeah. and we were talking, going to bring up the gaming thing. You guys all got Xboxes, right? Yes, I've got, got a, a few. I've got, I've got a few devices. This guy over here has got a new one. Well done, Skip. Um, but you've got Xboxes. I'm a P- PlayStation boy. I can surf the internet on my PlayStation. It's as slow as a dog. It's a bad experience. But, and, and, and it's a bad experience. But you, I don't know what it's like on Xbox. But when you're sitting down at the computer and you want to do something, sorry, not the computer, the, the, it, where your TV is, and your Xbox is connected up to your TV, your yeah. media center, do you surf the internet on it? Yes. Um, or do you use how, your ta- how tablet? How do you surf the internet on it? There's no browser. I can't discuss that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so okay, but so you use it as a as a as a one-off. I, I can't. I get fired. Okay, so it's a, as an all all-inclusive center. Do you use those components, or do you pull out your tablet or your laptop and you do stuff so, on that while you're watching TV? So, I if I'm using the Xbox at the moment, I do. I actually do use the Xbox for Facebook and Twitter when I'm when I'm playing games and bits yep. and pieces from that. Um, I do use it for watching movies, listening to music. Um, I use it for Netflix. Um, I use it for a couple of other services as well. Um, the I do use my tablet though when I've got another person in the room, like my wife next to me, mm-hmm. because she'll be wanting to do something. But if I'm in there on my own, I, I don't want to have to pull out my iPad or whatever d- tablet I've got lying around yeah. at, the di- at the time. I try and do it on the Xbox because the new UI, which we're allowed to talk about, is a really nice experience. And um, I can do everything through that. And with some of the um, interface changes that are there, I'm really tiptoeing around this, aren't I? Um, it, it allows me to use some my voice and a few other things to yeah. do things. Okay, because the reason I bring that up is because, for me, the tangible content of having my laptop or a tablet or even my, just my, my phone, which is a Galaxy 2, so it's very interactive with bits and pieces. Um, but the concept, I like having something physical to touch and do that, and I don't like the concept of using my remote. And maybe it's just the PlayStation 3 is a bit of a dog when it comes to some of those components, those elements. But the jumping around back and forth... Um, I would prefer to sort of have whatever I'm watching or doing on TV happening and jump back to my other device. Yeah, I tend to operate in a sort of similar similar manner, definitely. Yeah, and so I yeah. guess that's why I would then use that as a question to say, is the concept of a, having a full iOS system hmm. on, on your TV functionable, functionable yep. or are we still in, in that mind where we still like a little bit of separation? No, I, I think, I, look, I, I agree with you. I think, like I said... When I'm playing the Xbox, the Xbox is the it's the center. The, yeah. yeah. But if the TV's on, then yeah, I totally. I've got if the physical. If I'm on a, a TV-based device, mm. I'm using my iPad or my Android yeah. device or my Windows device, whatever it is, to actually surf the internet, and everything else. Because I'm watching TV or I'm watching a movie. Yeah. I don't suddenly pause it, have a slight overlay come through with a browser, search the browser, then go back to the movie. 
Yeah. yeah it just it just doesn't function that and way. And that's why I kind of wonder whether the Apple TV thing would take off in that way. I mean, yes, you can do... It would be great for all the individual things you do at one time, mm. but the ability to overlay and do that, I don't know if we're quite ready for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they position it. And But I think Paul raised a good thing, a point before, is that... Whatever Apple does, they're going to put a lot of innovation yeah. into it. And it may fail, but at least they're giving it a go. You just raised another point, though. My, I'm on fire tonight. Hey, look, we've obviously got um, we've got the, the Wii, Nintendo. We've got the, um, the Xbox, Microsoft. We've got the PlayStation, Sony. What about a Google game co- console? <laughs> no, seriously. No, seriously. Look, I mean, you've got Android, right? Android on a games console. Why not? Light, quick, open source, pliable. Yeah. As, a, as an operating system, it could it could very much work. What's going to be really interesting, because that leads really well with me talking about PlayStation, is that the, the new um, Sony How's your tablet, network? Is it up? Yeah. Okay, just weird. checking. But um, the new Sony tablet actually is set up to play PlayStation games. That's and right, it's be PlayStation putting, certified, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's going to be an interesting way to see, and because it is Android, to see how oh, that interacts. Yeah. Because that actually could work. The concept. Oh, I was serious about the game. I'm no, serious. I'm with you on. Yeah. That. I'm, I, why? Why? If someone's, if it's open source and it is, a, it is a good op- platform that people are developing on. Why not put it onto a games console and have it out there as a cheap console that people can get on the internet, do some of those experiences. But if you can port like like you've done with the the Sony thing that we reviewed yeah. here, um, if you can port some games across. You know, even as an old MAME console for the retro gamers, just to yeah. get it going and as a, have a cheap as a $99 platform, wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, I think that, I mean, there's a potential for a lot a lot more to happen in the in the gaming space. Obviously, you know, Apple, release, Apple could offer gaming on, um, you know, on their platform. So it could be their TV or the existing uh, really? Apple, Apple TV really? box. Seriously? Right? Apple and gaming? Absolutely. The biggest mobile gaming platform in the world yeah. right now... Um, is the iPhone. There are yeah. more games sold on iPhone than any other platform. So I'll just put you back in your box there, Brad. No, I, 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 uh, no. look, how many how many Macs play games well besides an iPhone? I'm not t- I'm not talking about a Mac. I'm talking about as a portable uh, uh, platform, I, iOS is is actually it at the moment. There is There are more games and more revenue Seriously? on go, that platform yeah. than, on, than on any others. Go play World of Warcraft on your iPhone. But I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> it but, doesn't I mean, work. But, but we're talking. Yeah, you're talking one game. Well, well, I'm just saying these are the these are the these are the facts. Yeah, pop, the, pong on an iPhone the, is not. The, the reality is, not. is that is the gaming platform of the of the current you know generation. It's you know it's more uh, popular than um, than well, your mobile other sort of mo, you know traditional things like PSP and so yeah, on. Have I, been, I'd love to know the stats um, on surpassed on say world of people who play World of Warcraft to people who play Angry Birds. Angry Birds has got to strip it. You know, by quite a, a large proportion of numbers, just because of the. But you got act, active users or downloads is a big difference. Oh, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not yeah. sort of arguing about the serious gaming sort of side of it. I'm just talking about just in general numbers, bums on seats kind of thing. Angry Birds would be pretty massive. It's about, it's about thirty million. It's isn't something it? insane. Mm. It's an and, insane. And World of Warcraft's about, World of Warcraft's about twenty something, isn't it? Yeah, it's still it's still Tw- really high. Twenty seven million active users. Yeah. I think it is. Mm. I mean, you've still got you've got two completely different styles of gaming. Yeah, I I, 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 I think a bit flipping with Paul because yeah. it, you are right. It is it is for that entry level game. It is there, but for a, people that play games like Xbox games, yeah. PlayStation gamers, and that. 
I can't see the iPhone as a serious. I don't take it as a serious gaming platform. I use it as something I give to a four-year-old to play with. Um, and we've all seen that exactly. But if you want, if I want to play a game, I'll start up yeah. my PlayStation, my my um, PC, yeah. or I'll start up um, my um, my Xbox. I don't start up my Mac, which I've got and, to play and, games. And as Skip's mentioned, Facebook now is, is a big gaming platform. Actually, you know what? I would yeah, that would know. be that would probably be bigger than than the iPhone. No, it would be. Think about it. Yeah. Farmville is, what, 180 million users on Farmville now? And I hate them all. Yes, so do I. <laughs> but no, 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 that, you, you're bang on, Skip. That would actually probably be the biggest gaming platform right at the moment, would be, would be Facebook. Yeah, very true. That would actually blow us all away. That put us all in our box, didn't it? Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, well done. Go well, probably most Facebook users are, um, are running on Windows, so it might actually be that Windows is naturally... Right. The bigger gaming. No, I'd say I'd say she say you're probably looking at, at Androids and stuff on that. A lot of people using. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ew, that's but that raises. I mean, that raises the interesting question <laughs> when talking about mobile devices and how you know the iPhone is probably what well, is the biggest mobile gaming device because it has games on. Yeah, it's not totally. focused for that. But then you've got PlayStation about to bring out Vita, and you well, can, what's that one? So I don't the, know. The Vita either. is, yeah, is the, the replacement, replacement for, play, for the PlayStation Portable. Yeah. Other oh. than keeping the word PlayStation in it, they've gone for a slightly different name, Vita. It's similar in look, but it's a bit more sort of circular, a little bit. Yeah, and it's got three it G built touch in, screen, right? Got three G built into it. There will be Wi Fi only versions. I think in New Zealand, there's a chance it may only be Wi Fi only when it comes out, uh, possibly later this year. I think it's scheduled in the states for November. So next month, possibly. Shipping in uh, Japan already, yeah. uh, if, if I recall correctly. Uh, and it's coming with... Um, Skype, Twitter, and all the yeah, social media it's, stuff. it's going to have all that stuff built into it. It's got a front camera, a back camera. Um, it's got microphone built into it. The, the concept, the, it's got these really cool swipey touch buttons on the back that you can use for, tri- for triggers and various other things. So I, I've got a question. I, I used to have the old Nintendos, you know, the flip yep. screens, but I just... I don't know, as, as things have evolved with iPads and, and devices and, and phones and everything else, I don't see a lot of people playing them at the moment. The, the, hand, the handheld portables. I, I saw people yeah. went through a phase where a lot of my friends got them and they used them for watching movies. Mm. Uh, I think it was the UMD format, I think yep. it was. Mm-hmm. But I don't see a lot of those portable gaming devices being used anymore. Like if I'm at airports, which is the common place, and it's all on your iPads now, yep. right? All your Android iPads, tablets. phones. So uh, yeah. is there still a market for those portable gaming devices? There's all, I think there's yeah. always going to be a market for some of these things, but it's going to probably over time become more and more of a of a niche market it's a little bit like the uh the the ipod mm. and the media play you know microsoft just killed off their their zoom i mean it never did never did very well it wasn't launched you sort can't of globally they never took off uh, <laughs> but they've they've really killed it this time um <laughs> but you know that that's a reflection of of just how big the market is as as well mm. and i think you know we're starting to see you know probably similar things from uh, from Apple in terms of how much they're putting into, you know, the iPod range, you know, they don't mm. really put a huge amount of effort into that into that space um, these days compared to what they used to in the past because, you know, the sales of that are starting to, you know, probably starting to taper off compared to some of the other devices. No, it's just interesting you talk about the Sony still investing in that space. Yeah. Obviously, you've got um, the Nintendo 3DS. We reviewed that quite a while ago. It was a cool one concept, but I don't think I'd spend 500 was it, no, 4, it was four ninety nine when it got released. It's yeah. probably gone down now, but it's this. I mean, if they were ninety or a hundred bucks or something, I might look at getting one because I want to use it. But again, it's just something that maybe the errors sort of happened. If that makes sense, I think PlayStation are doing something really interesting with it, and and that's what they did when they when they first brought out 
probably PS2, I guess, to a certain extent when they, it was like, you know, oh, it is a PS DVDs as well. And that was a whole new thing. We hadn't had gaming machines that played movies at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then they went to PS3 with trying to create that very big, you know, all-inclusive, it's got everything, you can do a whole pile of things in it. With the PSP, really, although it had some of those components in it, it was quite limited and it wasn't that great. What they're obviously seeing, thanks to iPhone and various other ones, is that they are trying desperately to incorporate more other elements in there by having Skype and all these other components on it. So it's not just going to be a, I'm going to sit and watch a movie or play a game on it. And so it may save it. It yeah, may it, save it's it. It's like a, like the um, the iPod Touch, isn't it? Yeah. It's becoming to that space. It's starting to play there that it used to do games, but now it does all these other things. The iPod Touch is used to, it's, it's this cool touchscreen device, mm. and now it's doing all this other stuff as well. So, so no, that might bring it back. And the fact that they've moved away from UMDs and it's all more downloadable content, oh, which makes it easy. I mean, UMDs was a great concept for what it was, but it's just painful carrying those sort of things around, and, the, and everything's going download and digital and yeah, and that. So imagine having sorry, imagine having Hulu on, on the, those things. Well, that's the I think that's the sort that of thing that Sony cool. are trying to do with that. Ooh. One of the things that blew me away and one of the reasons why I'm a, I am a bit of a Sony you know fanboy fanboy yep. in that way is I love the fact that I would sit in my bed at home and I would stream uh, television programs that I'd put on my PS3 which was downstairs yep. actually no they were on my hard drive upstairs in the office and I was streaming it via my PS3 onto my PSP and it was basically within you know a fraction of a, of, a, of a second instant, and I could sit in bed watching it on my PSP. That's cool. For the, the network. And the, the technology that they set up for it, I haven't used it that well, but you can do that through the Wi-Fi, through the PlayStation Network. So I could be anywhere in the world and log into my PS3 and stream a video off it. So if I wanted to show my wedding fo- photos or, or my wedding yeah. you know, video to someone, I can log in in an internet cafe in France and stream that all through there. Now... I don't think the te- the physical hardware technology was easy enough and good enough to do it, and the screens were okay, but they weren't great, and all that. Where they're going with Vita, if they keep that kind of concept up, there's great potential. I mean, they, they promised, I remember when PS3 came out and PSPs was out, and they promised at one stage that they were going to do, for um, one of the Gran Turismo games, they were going to set it up that you could use your PSP as your rear vision mirror, so you could mount it like oh that's cool it, it never happened but they promised that and I mean I, that was one of the things that made me think oh PS3 is going to be awesome if they actually had have harnessed those things to you know for the person who has the PSP and the PS3 to be able to put that there make it your rear vision mirror so you're not flicking buttons to look in your rear vision mirror that's you're just cool. looking at PSP that's great concept but once again, didn't deliver. No. So okay. So obviously, you got is it the Vita is going to be the new handheld? Yeah. Um, there's talk about. I mean, I saw a lot of rumors around the next version of the Xbox 360. There was a whole lot of um, code names floating around. I just got out my head. What's the What's the next one after the PS3? Do we know? Do we have any sort of rumors going around about that? It was all really, really you quiet. Well, well, I haven't well, heard judging, anything. Judging by the naming, uh, well, two, three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Brad. The fourth place. Don't count on it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, look, to be honest, I think where they're at at the moment, the PS3, is, for what it is, is still playing really well. And they're really going to need to go for a new jump. And I think like what they've done with the PSP, right now they are... Sorry to choke you up there, Skip. But um, 
with with the PSP, they're going to a, a new format. Even though it looks similar, it's called Vita. They've changed the name. It's not just PSP three thousand and one, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. They're, they're going in a new direction. I think they're going to get that out there, and I reckon, sort of by about <coughs> end of the first quarter next year, we'll start hearing those words out there as to where PS3 is going and I think it'll be a whole new device and uh, I wouldn't be surprised you know if well I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden I'm not, I'm not saying this because I've heard anything but I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden someone like Google was involved and there was some quite major change that joined in in that situation mm. and that by the end of next year we're seeing quite a big change in the PlayStation philosophy i guess mm. oh, well i guess talking. i mean it's been a while since you know these devices came out so there is you know there's been time for uh for some innovation to happen you yeah, know, six PS- years for the xbox isn't it and mm. five no seven for the ps3 is that yeah. right no ps3's been out for uh, a year less than the xbox okay so it's the other way around six, uh, six yeah, for the I- PS- xbox 360 came out about three three two years three years after the original yes so yeah so ps3 came out in between yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they've been around a while. Uh, no, after the Xbox 360. Oh, was it? About a year afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was before. No, we'll fight over so it we'll, later. We'll wrestle. Yeah. No, you, you can't fight with me on stats. Come on, guys. You oh, yeah, the, we you can. You know the rules. Oh, yeah, we can. You know the rules. All right. No, that's all good. Um, so what have we got up ahead? We've got... Um, game... You know, a whole lot of games probably coming out on these platforms for Christmas... What what are the sort of big ones on the on the PS3 platform? Look, I think the biggest one that's coming out at the moment is um, is the new Uncharted, uh, Drake's what is it called? Drake's Deception, and uh, once again, every time they've released a game in that series, I mean, obviously this is just going to be the third one, but I, I was expecting the second one's going to come out and it's going to be much the same as the first and a bit of a dog. But it didn't. The storyline jumped up more. It was way more. Uh, it had a really good engine. The, the guys at um, Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog has got this really awesome ability to create the engine behind the scenes that every time you play the game, it's never going to be the same. And how frustrating it is when you play an action-adventure game and it leads you in a direction and you can only go in that direction and you, you know you try to actually I want to go out that way and I want to go I want to get to that same point but I want to go a completely different way there they actually have this quite intuitive engine that works that and they really honed it and launched it for the second one so I've eager anticipation to see the next level that they take this one here so what what do we know about it so far? What's the what's the idea behind it? How's it set? And so so on? the concept is that once again, it's 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 Nathan Drake has has found another secret of of his ancestor Drake, uh, of of something else that's been hidden. It's a, it's another. It's called the Atlantis of the Sand, of the Desert. Another hidden treasure trove where he's got to go and he's got to fight the bad guys to try and beat them there but all the same characters are coming back Sully his mates back and the two girls that kind of you know you're not too sure which one he's going to go for they're there really when this whole concept launched it was like it's kind of like a bit of Tomb Raider but can we do Tomb Raider without a hot girl you know that's the kind of concept and they proved that they could the visuals in it the, the movements in it when he's climbing walking stairs is just spectacular so quite amazing so that's obviously coming out I think that's going to be good it's one of those ones that you know there's a few games we all play and you go this would make a great movie this is one of those series that absolutely in itself is kind of quite a good movie because it's quite cinematic but it would make a spectacular movie. That's their big one they're pushing. They've just launched um, the rehash of uh, the God of War games for, that were for PSP. They've upscaled them to HD and they've put them on a double 
double pack cool. so you can get those outside of that there's a few of the crossover games that Skip knows about that I'm you know I'm not completely up to play but they're coming out yeah so there's some um, family games which they're trying to get the move into sorry making the microphone bang so the games like uh, Little Big Planet 2 has a move pack for it so if you're not familiar with the move the move is basically uh, a visual remote control element to it so it's like the Nintendo Wii a little bit but um, probably about a hundred times more accurate than what the Wii ever was um, and it does have a few other little features to it that sort of makes it um, it's, it's a lot smarter than just pointing a remote at a screen and wag- wagging at it and hoping that you've hit the stick ball off the stick or whatever so um, yeah there's a few other little move titles but um, Formula One has come out phenomenal Absolutely phenomenal. It's definitely worth a look at that one. I think there's a bit of a hold-off on games coming through at the moment, uh, mostly because of the Christmas rush, but I think also that Sony's still suffering a little bit from that downtime they had on their network, especially in terms of developers, because the developers lost quite a bit of access to their network for a bit of time there. Now, they did say that there was no detrimental impact for developers, but um, there certainly has been a tapering off of new content coming out of the Sony stable. So, yeah, I guess actions are speaking louder than words on that. But it's coming out to Christmas, so give it another month and we may just be flooded. And I think we'll be flooded with a lot of um, family-type games. Excellent. Okay, okay. Oh, it's good to have a good uh, a good catch-up on the gaming stuff and uh, maybe over, over uh, future episodes we'll chat a little bit more around those new things that are coming up and, and what's coming up on the Xbox side of things as well. I mean, it's, in, it's interesting. There's, there's always so much development in, the, um, in this sort of tech space. We've been chatting about phones and uh, tablets and so on. The space that really hasn't been moving so much is sort of, I guess, the general sort of consumer electronics, which move a lot slower, don't they? I mean, we're not other, you know, we talked a little bit about the potential for Apple to bring out a TV, and there's been a little bit of change, uh, probably more change in the last few years than, than there was for the previous sort of, you know, 20, I suppose, um, in that TV space. But, I mean, w- what other things are you guys sort of seeing out there that, that looks to be innovative in terms of consumer uh, electronics? Did, did you see about that new, uh, the new bought 360-degree camera that you can throw up in the air? Um, oh, the Panas- Panasonic? No. Um, was it Panasonic? I think it was Panasonic, wasn't it? There's a there's a new camera, and it's it's basically uh, it's a it's a ball, and you can throw it up in the air. So you imagine you've just climbed Everest. This would be the the perfect case for using <laughs> as it. We, although, as we do, although We're not not many of us are ever going to get to get to that one. But you throw it up into the air, and when it sort of uh, reaches reaches where it's about to start coming back down again, when it's at its sort of top point. It uh, it snaps a three sixty degree sort of uh, you know full view from all of these little cameras oh. that are uh, that are inside of it. I think there's um, that's quite cool. 30, 36 um, uh, actual uh, you know cameras built into it, which sounds like a um, um, yeah pretty cool concept. It's called the panoramic ball camera. That's it. So. Yeah. Uh, Point, throw, and shoot. So there you go. Sounds like the perfect thing for that guy who sent his iPhone up into space on the in the rocket. Yes. You know, imagine if you had that ball concept with with a three sixty degree and that 
you know, and if it's in a ball, it might actually have lasted a bit longer on the way back down. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just what you're saying about the, the, the electronic side of things, I think what we're seeing, though, is that the mobile space and the tablet space are two spaces that are having that rapid mm. um, hockey stick or that uplift, if you like, effect at the moment. And we're, we're, we're always talking about that. I think the, the other side of it is that the day-to-day stuff that we use, like televisions, um, you know, just even your basic stuff like, you know, appliances with touchscreens like fridges now and that, are only moving with small incremental changes. So, you know, LED came out for televisions. Everyone went, ooh, now it's 3D. Okay, small incremental. Now there's going to be 3D projectors coming out. Okay, that's cool. There's going to be all these small incremental updates. It's not going to be as rapid. There's definitely a lot going on. I mean, in the home PC, uh, I'm trying to think of the people like uh, at Playtech and those type of guys that do those custom PCs. Talking with those guys, there's always every week there's some new bit of electronic kit that they've got whether it's motherboards video cards so there's always new stuff there it's just not as um, visible I think to everyone that's out there at the moment yeah I guess uh, you know for those who are real sort of tech heads and into really following all the latest stuff there is always activity going on but in terms of the things that are uh, evident and sort of relevant I guess to the average consumer um, you know the innovation you know, speed probably doesn't appear to be uh, as fast. I guess that would be a fair yeah. way to put it. Here's an example of a kettle. You know, the, a, a normal kettle, what do you want? You boil the water, and that's a, what more can you do with it? But in the last couple of years, there have been kettles come out that have a, an LCD screen on it that you can set, and you can have it to full boiling point, or if you want to make a particular type of tea and then you don't, it doesn't need to be boiled, it needs to be just under that, you can set it to 80 degrees, so yep. it's slightly less. And you can actually set those, and you can set it also with a warm button so that it automatically just keeps warming itself back up because you know you're going to be keeping making cups of coffee to keep awake for the next you know a couple of hours so there are some subtle little things but that's once again it's not life-changing exactly so yeah so the que- the question is are, are you know are these new innovations um you know basically uh, are they improving our lives or are they just making us poor <laughs> yeah. uh, you know as just making us poor <laughs> I mean, you know it seems that the the economy globally is not in a good state and yet we're all getting tempted by all sorts of gadgets and gizmos and TVs and and other devices that you know do we do we really need them Oh, look, you could argue that one to the cows come home. (laughs) That's a big discussion, and we won't have it tonight, but I just thought I'd drop that one out there. Um, Can I I raise two quick things, because I know we're getting told to wrap up here. Um, Samsung have an ice cream sandwich um, uh, show tomorrow that they're going to be broadcasting live on the web, so that will be quite interesting to watch that. Um, Also, Samsung versus Apple. Um, Samsung, as of 4 o'clock this afternoon, have just filed an injunction in Australia to stop the iPhone 4S being sold over there. Um, They were talking talking about it they've filed it also samsung sold their phones for two dollars right next to the apple store in, on sydney in sydney yeah, a few doors down that they, uh, they launched a yep. pop-up store I, to, uh, I know to exactly try and, it was. Uh, take the uh, um i guess the attention away from apple oh right? they did they took they had a, they had a queue of something like 400 meters long whereas the apple store only had about sort of 30 people outside it you, you heard what happened with that though eh? no people were getting these phones for two dollars and then selling them on eBay. I would have bought one for and like then ten bucks. Going back and buying it, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I might even pay fifteen for one of those Androids. And using the money to go back and buy iPhones. Yeah, <laughs> good on them. Um, and also, obviously, the other big news out there in the tech industry at the moment is um, Microsoft and Skype have officially become one, <laughs> and um, now now been all approved by I think two countries. So, so those are my sort of quick things that I wanted to get them. Yeah, before that, that's that's uh, yeah, it's interesting to see that's that's finally come through. It was sort of held up by the. Uh, EU wasn't it they seem to be good at slowing things down uh, Russia actually on this one 
Interesting. I, yeah. Are Russia part of the EU? No, no, they're separate. No, no. no. Yeah, Sorry, it was EU mainly, but um, I think they're still actually waiting for approval from Russia. But there was the big EU one was the main mm. one they were waiting for, which has come through. So, which what what does it mean? The death of Microsoft Live or the death of Skype? No. Um, which which way do you think they'll absorb? Well, I think there's quite an interesting discussion to be had on on what the outcomes will be. Um, but I think you know we will we will see a ra- probably a range of a range of products. Microsoft got their business product link. Which you know you can just imagine uh, they're not going to kill off a you know a big corporate product that they sell for lots of money, but they'll probably have that so that can talk to Skype. I guess the interesting news here is that that Skype is probably the world's biggest um, telco or you know telecommunications company now with with the you know uh, the coverage they have, the amount of minutes of communications they handle, and and so on. Uh, so now that that's part of Microsoft, Microsoft is now the biggest telco. So you know, to some degree, they're competing with uh, Vodafone, Telecom, Two Degrees, and so on. So, I mean, it'll be really interesting just to see how this plays out mm. over the next few years. And you know, as we, do we, you know, will we start to see situations where people are just using data on their mobiles with their, with their, you know, with their carrier? You just buy a block of data. And all of your calls are free or carried over the Skype network, so that'll be interesting to see how that how that progresses. Um, now, other news: what else have we got uh, before we wrap up? Um, we there could, was an, we could talk for hours. There was an interesting story. I don't know if you guys had a look at this of these um, human likeness uh, face masks. It scared me. And oh yeah. The, these oh, are yeah. pretty freaky looking. Um, and I don't know exactly what the technology is they use it to put them together. Um, but basically for about four grand US, you can get one of these face masks that if you ever um, if you ever watch some of those movies where people would sort of peel off their faces and have a different face underneath and so on, um, these have that sort of likeness and, uh, and softness. So That's for about four Four grand US. That's just you four can be, iPhone four S's. You can be you can be whoever you want. About three, actually, I think, if you're paying full price for them. So, um, um, yeah, rather interesting. So, um, we we haven't had a um, an offer of uh, a sample press unit of one of these yet. Our faces are too um, ugly for these masks. But when when they offer it, I'm uh, I'm still deciding whose face that I would want to wear. Um, not mine. You're not wearing mine, so. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've no, seen your magazine pick, of the paparazzi papers this weekend. I won't, I won't weekend. be picking uh, one of your faces to wear, I can assure you of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for the listeners um, out there, um, Paul Spain, Sunday Herald, View Magazine, uh, Xbox um, Party, um, and the social... Uh, snippets he was a photograph there if you want to go and see the celebrity man himself oh very exciting excellent so that's us for another week of course you can find us online nztechpodcast.com facebook.com slash nztechpodcast we are on twitter at nztechpodcast uh, and you guys we can find uh, each of you online uh, Johnny you're on uh, Twitter what's your what's your handle oh goodness gracious I think it's just John Clist to be honest but you can also find me bigscreennz.com it's Excellent. all in there nice 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 oh, well, we really appreciated having you on the show been a pleasure always love coming and hanging out with nerds Excellent. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, you can, of course, find me on uh, on Twitter as well, just at Paul Spain. Uh, uh, you can find Bradley at, at Brad Bohr, B-R-A-D-B-O-R. And Skip, we can find you at Urban Kiwi. NZ. NZ, at Ur- Urban Kiwi NZ. 
Very nice. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. We will catch you again on the next episode, which will be episode 38. See you, everyone. See you later. Bye. 